0: We'll take a look at what management standards are available, who is making these standards, etc. In fact, there are many groups responsible for making standards. If you look just in the internet, you'll see that management standards for the internet are being made by the Internet Engineering Task Force, IETF. The IETF is a, a very big group of technicians. This group is uh, yeah, defining the standards, but it is not deciding if something will really become a standard. They are deciding on the contents, but they are not deciding on the formal status. The formal status of Internet standards is being determined by the Internet Engineering Steering Group, IESG. <coughs> and that group is formed out of the area leaders of the, I don't know, 15 areas or something like that that we have in the IETF. The area that's important for management is, yeah, the operations and management area. And, yeah, the standards that this group is making is commonly known under the name SNMP, Simple Network Management Protocol. But in fact, SNMP is just a small piece of these standards, the large numbers of these standards. Okay, this is one group, and we will concentrate in the the course on this uh, group. But there are also others. Traditionally... ISO, the International Standardization Organization, um, was very important for the definition of network standards and also network management standards. The management standards were defined in Working Group 4 of the Joint Technical Committee of ISO and the International Electronic Committee, IEC. These um, network standards are usually called OSI, Open Systems Interconnection. Nowadays, uh, people just talk about OSI since they are structured very nice, and so they are very good things to to explain principles, but no one is using OSI standards. So it's just something that's nice for learning purposes. The protocols uh, that uh, they have defined for management are the Common Management Information Protocol, CMIP, and the Common Management Information Service, CMIS. Next to these main standards, they have lots of other standards for management information bases, MIPS, and also uh, management functions. The third group is the ITU, the International Telecommunications Union, especially the T, the uh, telecommunications sector, I think, is uh, also making standards for networks. And if you look at the the management standards, they are defined by study group 4. And these management standards are usually known as TMN, Telecommunications Management Network. Uh, In fact, there are more groups working on management because also the ITU is very big. Uh, But TMN is the most important management approach of the ITU. In fact, TMN, as we will see in some slides from now, TMN is heavily based on on OSI. That's why TMN is not being used very often. Uh, There are, of course, many other groups. Probably the most important one is uh, nowadays the the DMTF, the Distributed Management Task Force. Uh, Until... A year ago or something like that, they were called the Desktop Management Task Force. They are particularly known for the WebM, that is Web-Based Enterprise Management, so a management approach which is using the web. Um, And SIM, the Common Information Model, that is the DMTF. There are many other groups, one of them is the Uh, telecommunications management forum or telemanagement forum which was previously called the network management forum Uh, initially they were also based on OSI standards and they wanted to promote these standards by making implementations etc. but since these standards weren't used in the internet world but at least used by some of the telecom operators this group was relabeled into telecom management forum. There are many other groups, just to mention some, the OMG, object management group, um, which is looking at CORBA, which is kind of a middleware platform, and CORBA is also used for the purpose of management, uh, again primarily by the telecom industry. You have the IEEE who has defined a couple of standards, uh, these standards are not being used very often, but at least the Concept, the ideas that are defined in this group have been taken over, for instance, by this group. So, lots of the stuff is still available. Okay, these are the yeah the main groups who are responsible for management standards. Um, and before I will, yeah, in, on the next slides I will go into a little bit more detail. I will first look at the the main differences between these three layers. Uh, if we start with the IETF, the Internet Engineering Task Force, they, yeah, their starting point was that management should be simple. Sounds nice, but it needs some explanation. When they say management should be simple, they actually mean that the impact of adding uh, management information to a system should be minimal. It should be very simple to make a system manageable. But these systems should be managed from a central manager system. And the manager system will be very complex, because the things you are managing are relatively stupid. Your manager should be very intelligent. So that's something that people often forget when they say uh, that the IETF approach is a simple management approach, well, that's partly true. The manager is very complex. The IETF uses what I call a variable-oriented approach, which means that management information, which can be read and modified from the central manager, uh, or by the central manager, that that management information is yeah could be regarded as kind of variables. And variables are things you can read and you can write. This looks a little bit like... Um, what I sometimes call remote debugging. Uh, If you have a program and you want to debug the program you can usually look at all the variables that are defined in the program. You can read these variables and you can also change these variables. That's a little bit the approach that the IETF is taking. Also they have an um an unreliable transport mechanism to exchange their management information. We'll come to that later. Okay, that's the IETF. If you look, on the other hand, to ISO, you see that they do things completely different. They say that management should be powerful. What do they mean? Well, they mean that the systems that are being managed should have powerful management functions. As a result, the manager system, who is managing all these uh, things, the manager is very simple. Of course, everything that is being managed is already very powerful. So um, so that's a completely different way of looking at it. Further, they use an object-oriented approach. And if you look at objects, you see that an object... Uh, has uh, attributes which can be seen as yeah, variables. And you can read attributes and you can change attributes. But objects also have kind of behavior and you have methods which you can call to change the behavior of the objects. Well, that's possible in ISO but it's not possible in the IETF management approach. Uh, you do not have something like behavior that you can change by calling methods. So this is more state-of-the-art if you look at programming languages, etc. Also, the exchange of management information between the system that's being managed and the central manager is performed in a reliable fashion. So no management information will be lost over your transport line. Finally, if you look at TMN, Well, TMN is a little bit different from what IETF and ISO is doing because they only define management architecture. In fact, they're not defining one architecture, they're defining a couple of architectures. They've defined a functional architecture, a physical architecture, an information architecture, a logical layered architecture. So it's a collection of architectures. Real protocols are not being defined by TMN, but they have used the protocols of the open systems interconnection program of ISO. So the management protocols CMIP, CMIS, which have been defined by ISO, are being used by TMN. Still, if you look at the TMN architectures, you see that something is really different compared to IETF and ISO. And that's the the way how you exchange management information. If you look at the IETF and ISO, they use for the exchange of management information the same network that's being managed. That's what we call in band management. Let's look a little bit out at the history of these approaches. You see that the OSI approach is the oldest one. It started uh, around 81, uh, uh, and at that time they started with defining an OSI management framework document. Around eighty seven the internet became a relatively large network. Uh, At that time I think it was still called the NSF uh, net, but yeah it was the thing that's now being called internet. And um, yeah that network just needed to be managed. But this group didn't proceed very fast with the definition of their management. So, yeah, we had a problem. We had a, a real running network, but the standards which we wanted to use, the OSI management standards, were not ready, yet ready. So it was decided at that time to use a ad hoc, simplistic management approach as an MP. But since people wanted on the long term to switch back to OSI management they wanted to copy the the state of the art from OSI and uh, they made a lot of design decisions which were already made by OSI just to make it easy to change to OSI a a few years later. So that's this line. Now, What kind of things did they copy? Well, for instance, the manager-agent concept, which was defined by OSI, uh, the idea of management information bases was being copied, but also the use of ASN1, abstract syntax notation 1, to describe your management information, that was being copied. That's a decision that people nowadays really regret. Also the terminology was being copied, Uh, even in SNMP, although it is a variable-oriented approach, we used the term objects, they are not objects that we are managing, but uh, the terminology was being used. So there are lots of things, if you look at the state of the art of OSI management 86, 87, that were being copied to the SNMP world. There were some other things in the SNMP world, simple gateway monitoring protocol, for instance, come to that later which were also the, you know, the input for the SNMP world. What happened uh, after, after this? Well, in fact, within OSI, a lot of people complained about the, the ideas, the speed, uh, until that moment. And in fact, they came with many, many new ideas. Uh, they introduced real object orientation just after the internet took over. Ideas, Uh, They changed the ideas. Um, And, um, yeah, this went on in a different direction than anticipated by the people here. A few years later, well, let's say differently. In 85, people started in the telecom world on TMN. At that time, they were not aware that... Similar things were happening in the OSI world or the internet world. They just started from scratch. In 88 they had the first uh, standard ready, and then they realized that there were also others who had standards which they could use. So they copied many of the standards of OSI, especially the, yeah, the protocol standards, and included them in TMN. If you look nowadays, we still have uh, three approaches going on, SNMP, OSI, TMN. Uh, SNMP went on uh, independently. Well, why? Well, this was a much bigger success than people ever anticipated. Uh, OSI never became a success. So, um, yeah, why switch uh, from something that's successful to something that is uh, that's a failure. If you look at uh, yeah these uh, three uh, things, you can uh, ask which one uh, is uh, is the real winner. Well, if you just look at the number of agents, so the number of systems that can be managed, it's clear that SNMP has by far most agents. Nearly every system nowadays can be managed via SNMP. If you look at the number of managers, it's slightly different. Still, there are more SNMP managers than there are TMN or OSI managers, but you see that lots lots of these manager platforms are multilingual platforms. You can uh, use SNMP, but also OSI or TMN on these platforms. If you just look at the amount of money that's being invested, probably TMN is the big winner. Also, if you buy TMN systems, they are very expensive. So if you just sell one TMN system, you probably get more money than if you sell 100 SNMP systems. So if you just look at money, it's not really sure who's the real winner, who got most money. Um, Also, if you talk about who's the real winner, you should really look at the different environments we have. And I've just written down some of these environments. If you look at an IBM mainframe environment, these still exist, you will not see SNMP. You will not see OSI. You will not even see TMN, but you will just see the proprietary IBM management approach based on NetView. So, in this environment, none of the OSI, TMN, SNMP are the deal winners. If you look at uh, private data lands, you still see a lot of people using NetWare, NetWare protocols, but also the management protocols of NetWare. If you look at... uh, the wide area networks, you usually see SNMP. Right? It's in fact, private data WANs, nearly all of them are based on the IP protocol and use SNMP. If you look at PABXs, you see in many cases proprietary vendor-specific management solutions. You'll see that some of these PABXs are nowadays manageable via SNMP, but um, you still see other solutions. If you look at uh, voice networks, You'll see again proprietary solutions, you'll see solutions based on TMN, and if you look at the uh, mobile networks, GSM networks, you'll see that they're mostly based on OSI management. Um, So, if you want to know which one is most important, you should also look at the environment. If you're in a specific environment, it may be that SNMP doesn't play any role there. Okay, but still SNMP from all these is the most important one. Why? Well, the first thing is that standards can be obtained for free. If I want, I can give you exercises and you have to study these standards. Um, If I want to give you exercises based on TMN standards, you need a lot of money because you have to buy these standards and you need a lot of time before you get these standards. So it's really easy to do something with the IETF SNMP uh, standards. You can uh, simply download them from FTP or World Wide Web Service in electronic form. You still cannot do that for OSI or TMN. Uh, What you also see is the way that people are working in the uh, internet world is completely different than people working in the OSI, TMN world. They are really fast in developing standards. How do they do that? Well, they use mailing lists. Uh, And on these mailing lists, they have lots of discussions. And most technical uh, questions can be solved on these mailing lists. You also see that uh, in the IETF world, you have some leading experts who really lead the standardization process. If you look at OSI or TMN, you see that the standardization process is not being led by technical experts, but by political interest. So the one who is politically the strongest person uh, has most influence on the standards. And usually people who have a lot of political power are not the ones who have most technical uh, insight so Also something that's important that if you look at uh, SNMP uh, internet in general, you see that things can only become standard after people have built prototypes. And uh, if they haven't built prototypes, then yeah, uh, they cannot get a standard. How does the standardization look like in the IETF? Well, you st- usually start with, with a working document. Uh, in many cases, this is first being published as an internet draft and later it uh, gets an uh, RFC number. Um, After this document is relatively stable, it is being raised to the proposed standard level. And at that level, it is absolutely necessary that there's implementation experience. So people have to build it and have to uh, go through interoperability tests and have to demonstrate that their implementation works correctly with the implementation of others. Um, It can be that uh, they come to the conclusion that it doesn't work, and then the thing is being relabeled as historical, and in fact being thrown away. Um, This process may take two years. If it takes longer, then there must be really good reasons to continue. After two years, if something is... uh, yeah, still good, it goes to the draft standard, and again you need implementations but now even more and then in general after a maximum of four years, something is stable enough there are enough prototypes to make it a full standard if you look at uh, OSI they also start with working documents, then they have a committee draft, they also have draft international standard and full standard, but what happens, while these things are not yet 100% stable, no one implements, so if this process going from here to here takes four years, as in the case of the IETF, we already lose four years implementation experience. No one does anything. Only after things become full standard people started to build implementations. In many cases this even took longer. If you look at the OSI management framework, it took eight years from the working document to the full standard. Okay, let's go a little bit more into the history of uh, uh, SNMP. Um, as I said earlier, SNMP started around 87, 88. Uh, in 87, uh, we had the simple gateway monitoring protocol that was a protocol to to look at routers. And you can look at routing tables, you could see to what other systems they were connected. That was SGMP. When they decided that they re- needed a real management protocol, but OSI took quite some time, they used... SGMP is input to define a simple network management protocol. And compared to SGMP, SNMP can also manage end systems. Uh, this one could only manage gateways, routers, but this one can, can also manage end systems, PCs, uh, workstations, etc. At that time there were some other um, approaches, high entity management service, syst- uh, high entity management protocol, um, This stopped after SNMP started because they understood that if they had competing approaches, probably none of them would make it. Um, And they also had CMOD, Common Management Over TCP. In fact, this was OSI management, which they saw as the long-term solution and this was the short-term solution. CMOD became proposed standard somewhere in 1990. Uh, but around '92, the uh, success of SNMP was such that people understood that SNMP would never disappear and that uh, CMOD would never you know, become a success. So in 1992-1993 CMOD, uh, the, the use of the OSI management protocols in a TCP environment, stopped. Some people still do not know that, uh, still think that this will become successful. Um, Okay, let's now focus a little bit more on this line, SNMP. It became draft standard uh, in 88, 89, Uh, and um, yeah, this is in fact SNMP version 1. And that version 1 could read and modify the variables in a router or what other system, but if you want to modify something, you must have some security that not everyone who logs into that uh, router can change things. And For security they had a kind of password mechanism. In every packet you include your password and you send it over the wire. Unfortunately, that password was not being encrypted, so everyone who could monitor the wire could know all the passwords to, to manage the system. And that is, of course, not a very wise thing to do. People soon realized (coughs) that, and yeah, they started to work on SNMP security. Uh, There were also some other drawbacks with SNMP, but remember, it was never been made for the long future. People thought it would be an interim solution, but yeah, when it became clear that CMOD wouldn't start. They had also to address these other problems, like for instance, efficiency retrieval of large amounts of data, so there was also something called SMP, Simple Management Protocol. And after some time, they decided to add the security stuff with the new ideas of SMP, and the resulting thing was called SNMP version 2 of written down parties, because the idea of SNMP v2 at that time was to base security on the party mechanism. I'm not going to explain that, I'm just going to tell that that party mechanism was so complex that after some time people really started fighting about uh, SNMP version 2. They didn't agree on the technical solution, and um, yeah, around uh, 1996 we got SNMP version 2 but again with community-based security. And community-based security is exactly the same kind of security we had here because the passwords that are being transmitted with SNMP version 1 are called community strings. So, in fact, we wanted to have security, and we came out here with something that didn't have real uh, security. In this period of time, there were lots of fights, and... um, As a result of that, the group responsible for SNMP version 2 was uh, more or less sent away. New people took over the job, and they defined SNMP version 3, which is nowadays a draft standard. And SNMP version 3 does have all the security stuff that was originally intended for SNMP version 2. So that was the internet world. Uh, Let's look at the... uh, OSI world, they started in 1981 with the management framework document, they worked on that until 88, 89. Uh, That document uh, started with the idea that for management you have different functional areas, you have fault management, you have configuration management, accounting management, performance management and security management and for a long period of time they had discussions on if there were more than these five functional areas or probably there were less Um, but okay, they agreed on these five and you still see in all the books on management these five areas being mentioned Uh, then they started to work on protocols for each of these five areas and um, the interesting thing is that after some time they discovered that all these five areas could be managed in nearly the same way, and that it was not necessary to have separate management protocols for each of these five areas. So that's uh, why they said, let's just define a common management protocol. That was CMIP, Common Management Information Protocol, and you have also the service that uh, yeah, is delivered by CMIP. So uh, originally there was an idea that we should have five different management protocols. Then by working out these ideas they discovered that you could as well do it with one protocol and that explains the name Common. Um, Around 87 um, people in ISO really got unhappy with the progress that was being made here And in fact, they started to redo the work, but much faster, much better. And the document they made at that time was the Systems Management Overview document. This work was much better, there's a lot of technical content, Uh, it uh, explains uh, how you can manage in an object-oriented fashion. And after this was ready, people started to work on management functions. And um, I'm not going into the details, but this is something that OSI has already done and the internet world has not really done. Some people in the internet will do specific things, uh, and they they use this stuff as input. For instance, ma- how you can schedule management actions, <coughs> uh, when should management action appear? Well, there are functions for that. The internet world didn't make stu- uh, such kind of functions. Well, this is the, the timeline of uh, T-M-N. Started 85, uh, then they made the standard, which uh, didn't make any reference to OSI or whatever then they realized that others were also working on similar things so they took over some ideas of OSI management it was 88 Um, and they started to work on a couple of derived standards primarily for management information bases and they also included their new idea called responsibility model and that was being added to the standard as an annex something that is there for informational purpose, but it's not really part of the Annex. That was the 1992 version. But the interesting thing is that most of the ideas that were described in you know, the M3010, that was the TMN uh, standard, they didn't have a lot of impact, except for this responsibility model. Uh, that's in fact a very nice model. I'm not going into the details of that, but um, nowadays you see that nearly everyone says that TMN, well that's the responsibility model. The responsibility model has something like service management, network management, network element management, um, and of course business management. Um, so in 1996 they uh, moved the resp- responsibility model from the annex, which was just informational, to the main text of the standard, and nowadays most people consider this as being TMN. But if you look at the history, It was completely different.